0: Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles.
2: Mic check, mic check. Yo, this thing on? Man, y'all got me. Listen up, listen up. Calling all hoopers. Get yourself freshened up. Grab your ball and lace them up. Let's
3: head down to the park and get ready. Because it's about that time. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message.
4: The NBA's back. And
2: some of the hardwoods by the stars. And now it's a lot gone down since this. The
5: Denver Nuggets can finally call themselves NBA champions.
2: Because it's game time in Milwaukee. A holiday in Boston. And the real Bill in Phoenix. But don't forget the league's next chosen one. Hey, my Hold up, young fella. The King ain't
1: done yet. The king. And when it's all said and done,
2: someone new will wear the crown. Let's go! Yeah. Or the Joker might just call it a repeat. So turn it up and say it
1: loud. Now y'all know this is my time of the year, man. The NBA is back.
6: Welcome to NBA Today. Man, that got me hyped for the start of the season. But we start our show today with a developing story out of Philadelphia because James Harden has been ruled out of the Sixers' preseason finale tonight against the Atlanta Hawks. Now, the reigning MVP, Joel Embiid, on the other hand, he is expected to suit up for the first time this preseason. Remember, Harden has been away from the team all week. Time It keeps ticking toward the regular season opener against the Milwaukee Bucks on Thursday. Richard Jefferson is here with me. I am Malika Andrews. The last time we saw James Harden, he said that he was ramping up with intentions of playing today in, in this very game. But guess what? He's not. So how big of a deal is this, Richard?
2: Well, ask me on the first day of the season, and it'll, it, that'll probably be a much bigger deal. But I still don't think it is at the final resting place. I don't mm. think it's time of death. Yet, that's not it. I think this is starting to escalate. I think there were more layers that they were going to go to, and I think right now James Harden is kind of saying, like, I'm not showing up. I haven't spoken to James, I don't know anyone in his camp, but everything that I see, all roads point to, he is most likely not going to be there for the first game of the season because you typically are practicing, getting ready for that. So if he is not a part of that, even if he did show up day of game, you wouldn't want to play a player in that position if he hasn't been practicing. So you're not sounding the alarm bells just yet. I wanna bring in two
6: people who who might be though, ESPN senior writer, Zach Lowe and Brian Windhorst, along with Kendrick Perkins as well. Brian, I wanna start with you here because you said that it feels like James Harden has played his last game in a 76ers uniform. I don't know if this is chess. I don't know if this is whack-a-mole. What are we watching play out right now between James Harden and the 76ers?
2: Chernobyl.
0: Yeah, Malika, this, is, this has been a negotiation ever since he opted into his contract. When he opted into his contract, he was sending the message he wanted to be traded. And he let it be known he wanted to be traded to the Clippers. The Sixers responded by having talks with the Clippers and several other teams over six weeks. Then they let it be known that they were ending those talks. That was part of the negotiation. A few days later, James Harden issued the salvo in China about Daryl Morey calling him a liar, saying he would never play for his team again. That was part of the negotiation. Hmm. Then what happened was a pretty icy period. But what happened during that period? Damian Lillard, Drew Holiday, and Malcolm Brogdon, three players the Clippers had interest in, all got traded. None of them got traded to the Clippers. So it opened up the possibility that the Clippers could renegotiate, restart talks with the Sixers, which is what happened. Two days before training camp started, the Sixers had the option to pay James Harden $9 million in a, in a bonus that maybe they knew he might not show up. But in good faith, as part of negotiation, they paid it. Here comes James Harden after a couple days late, which was part of the negotiation. Mm-hmm. He arrives giving them time to negotiate. So here comes the negotiation between the Clippers and the Sixers. He is go- James Harden is going to practice, not playing in games, but going to practice, being a good teammate, saying all the right things. Then those talks between the Clippers and Sixers break down and James Harden leaves. Initially, it was an unannounced absence. He did not tell the team before he left. Right. It has now become an excused absence. But it is part of the negotiation and the latest move, the Clipper or these Sixers have elected not to fine him for missing the inexcused parts of the of the team activities. So that's where we're at. And I would say that this negotiation is is difficult because it's usually not verbal. There's a lot of nonverbal stuff going sure. on. But I expect this negotiation to continue.
6: So as it continues, we've we've talked in terms of deadlines. This deadline now has come and gone. Zach, you had circled this game as one that you would be looking at to start to raise the alarm bells again. So we're at Deathcon? what at this point?
5: Well, first of all, I I was ramping up for this game as well. Me and James were both ramping up (laughs) for the preseason game tonight. Now I can relax again. But look, RJ said the word escalate. Brian outlined all of these public things, and he called them negotiations, calling Daryl Morey a liar, negotiations, showing up and playing nice for a while, negotiation. And now here's where we are today. And the question I have is this, what's next? Because right. James Harden being away from the team, I don't think is really enough to move the Sixers into what Daryl Morey would say, truly uncomfortable status to the point that it would accelerate trade talks. They were ready for this. They're ready for him to pout and not participate and be away from the team. They were ready for this. And they're ready to play with Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid and think they can win enough games while other bad stuff happens to other teams around the league who might then end up being interested in James Harden. So my question is this. What else does he have to push the Sixers over the finish line in a deal? Because if this is it, I think we're just going to be here for a while.
1: (laughs) To answer your question, not a damn thing. We keep talking about breaking news over the last two weeks. Oh, James Harden, he didn't show up. Oh, he appeared. He's talking today. Oh, he's not playing in the preseason game after he told us he wanted to get one under his belt. The fact of the matter is... The only breaking news that we need to be reporting with the Philadelphia 76ers, unless they, you know, happen to, to do a trade, is that they're sending James Harden home, right? And telling him to stay home. And then worry about just moving forward. Because again, you don't want to go into this to the start of the season having to deal with this, wondering if he's gonna show up, wondering when it taking it day by day. We heard Nick Nurse say that we're taking it day by day. No. Not with this team, you have the league's MVP and Joel Embiid. It's nowhere in hell that you should be taking it day by day. So, Daryl Morey, again, I'm talking to you. We had conversations, and I'm pretty sure you go call me after this one. Send James Harden to the crib until you find him, till you find a place for him, and get something back that you like.
2: Good. Period. Yo, is this dude dry snitching? Are you snitching, bro?
1: Are you snitching? No, everybody, no, no, the one thing about it is that we don't, know, we don't know the conversations. I mean, yeah, I
2: don't know. First of all, don't get sensitive on me. What I am saying is this. You're I'm like, not had you. com- I'm not i had a conversation you. with Daryl Moore, and he's probably going to call me again because it's true. You really want to do it? Look, we've had, we both have had conversations with people inside the 76er organization 100% because it's gotten to a space where it was, it's not even about narrative, media narrative, it's not about player narrative, it's just about the truth. When I bring up Joel Embiid and say that he needs Mm -hmm. to reconsider what is going on, it's because my job to sit up here and talk about it from a player's Perspective. That is my job. I don't speak as if I was Bobby Marks. I don't speak as if I was a former coach. I speak as if a former player. And former players must look at the Philadelphia 76ers and have pause.
6: Right, because it feels like as long as Joel Embiid is involved in in all of this, and Zach, I see you nodding along as well, as long as he is involved in all of this, this should be a red flag for the 76ers. Here's what we know. We know James Harden is not with the team. We know James Harden is in Houston right now. And what we don't know is what happens next is Daryl Morey and the 76ers going to move on from James Harden which is what he wants and is there anything that can be done Brian between now and Thursday to achieve that because where I'm sitting right now it seems like until games are played there is no reason for other teams the Clippers to up their offer.
0: Yeah, so James Harden has got to be very careful about closing any doors because he's got very limited options. So I think that's probably why he has stopped short of doing more at this point. Although when you say, I'm never going to play for the team ever again, and then you actually don't play for the team again, Despite having several opportunities, he's sort of backing up the words he's already said. You know, the thing about it is is that the Sixers have a feasible fill-in plan with Tyrese Maxey. They can be a highly competitive and successful team playing Tyrese Maxey for months. I don't think they can beat the Bucks and the, and, the, uh, and the Celtics at the highest level without Harden or a viable replacement for him on the roster, but they do not have to feel pressure. They are not going to start the season, I don't think, you know, 2-8. and eight. They have the reigning MVP, healthy and in his prime. They have Max and they have other good pieces. So that is their part of their negotiation, frankly, which could be living well, while Harden has to mull being careful not to close any doors. <laughs>
1: Wendy, can I ask you a question? Do you think James Harden is straddling the fence as far as hurting his career? Do you think that it's a possibility, the way that James Harden is handling this Philadelphia 76ers situation right now, that he could possibly end up with him without a job or on the roster next season?
0: No, but I I think if he wants to, number one, he wants to get his bird rights somewhere where they can pay him. That's important to him. But I don't think he's worried about harming his reputation. Number one, he's done this several times in the past and it's worked. Number two, he's holding $18 million. He's got 41 games of pay in his bank account. So I don't, I, you know, in terms of basketball, I doubt he's that stressed about it. Well, and I would
6: say number three, when you talk to people, when I've spoken to people close to James Harden, they continue to reiterate that he is, is that James Harden, that he is focused and he is not in the, you know, fat suit stuff that we talked about when he was trying to force his way out of Houston. It's a he wants to play. He just does not want to play for the 76ers. We will continue to follow the story as it develops coming up on our show today. It's a feel-good Friday. So it's time to play another version of taking a guess at who said some of the spiciest quotes of the week. Richard is bad at this game, and it makes me laugh every single time. It's not that funny. And after almost five years of waiting, it finally came to a close. Katie and LeBron James, they faced off last night. It was in the preseason, but still, for the first time since... Five years? How many more times are we going to see this? Hear from Durant shortly. Plus, I spoke to Victor Wembanyama exclusively, and he had me cracking up at his recollection of his nutmeg on Reggie Bullock. I think you're going to enjoy hearing from him too.
0: We'll be right back. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup
2: Welcome back to NBA Today. A
6: matchup that was 1,759 days in the making. Last night, for the first time in five years, we finally got to see Kevin Durant face off against LeBron James. Yes, it's only the preseason, but when two titans like this face off, it is appointment TV, RJ.
2: No, no, it is so impressive. Like, when you watch Kevin Durant and LeBron, again, we don't know how many more times we're going to get this. Two of the greatest players to ever play that have competed on the biggest stage for so many years. I don't care if it's preseason exhibition, you just got to sit back and. Enjoy it.
6: Well, particularly when LeBron James going into Ooh. year 21, can still. I got the no gas more breaks that. though. The <laughs> breaks don't work the same way. huh, big fella? He had 19 points yeah. in the first half, six of 11 from the field. But Kevin Durant said, "All right, in the second quarter, hold my beer. Four of four now, five of five from the field after this one coming up right here."
2: Yeah. Well, look, you know what Kevin Durant can do when he's got great shooters around him. We saw he was a two-time champion with Stephen Clay. It's a 2 He has two same level of shooters with Devin Booker and. Brad so Kevin Durant is going to have all the space that he's ever had in his career. But
3: this is the matchup
6: we want, Richard. Ah. We want LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Once yeah.
2: again, Katie, I mean, Are we gonna and get Austin it? We're going to get it. We're going to get it through the season. We're going to get it in the postseason. Trust me, everybody's going to get everything they want now that these guys are both in the same conference.
6: KD at that point, seven of seven from the floor in that one. And then look, Kevin Durant having a little fun, saying, too small to Austin Reeves. Austin was asked about that after the game. Take a listen.
3: the third quarter comes to play. He told J.O., coaches, he was like, don't have him guard me next week. I was like, bro, what am I supposed to do? <laughs>
6: Durant had 21 points in 17 minutes. He would sit for the second half. The Lakers win it 123-100.
2: Look, Austin, there was nothing you were supposed to do. There was nothing you could do. There was nothing you were supposed to do. You just no, got perfect. Just, just perfect. take those J's. Kevin Durant
6: did say this after the game, Richard. He said, I know we are both getting up there. He's talking about LeBron James. It might be toward the end of this little back and forth, but it's always good to get some moments with him on the floor. So we're heading into the 17th season of this rivalry between these two all-time greats. Who knows, right, how long it's actually going to last. With the sand and the hourglass starting to run a little bit low here, let's just oversimplify this. Who Kendrick Perkins will have to shoulder more for their team this year? LeBron James for the Lakers or KD for the Suns?
1: Oh, it's Kevin Durant, and I believe he knows that. And we know what he's going to bring on a, for us, what he's going to bring in and deliver on the court. But I think KD knows if this team is gonna go anywhere that he has to be the OG in the locker room. He has to be the leader in the locker room. And I expect him to do that. Hell, I'm also willing to jump off the porch right now before the season even start and say that KD is my pick for MVP. Oh. I believe that he's gonna have that type of year. Kevin Durant looks healthy right now in the preseason. Kevin Durant has played four out of five preseason games. That's saying a lot. And, I mean, let's not act like it can't be done. When Kevin Durant is at his best, he's better than any. We we could put him in the same category with any other player across the league, and that's including Giannis and Jokic.
6: I'm just writing down that on what day is it? October 20th, KD is the MVP for Kendrick Perkins.
1: It's it's my my twin's birthday. Remember that?
2: Oh, happy Mm. birthday.
6: Happy birthday to the Perkins twins. Zach, who you got here?
5: (laughs) Perk, Perk, do not jump off the porch, okay? (laughs) I'm worried about your knees. Do not jump off the porch. The answer for me is also (laughs) Kevin Durant, and here's why. Here's why. LeBron has Anthony Davis behind him on defense. Anthony Davis, by the way, if we're making picks, my pick for Defensive Player of the Year this year is Anthony Davis. Kevin Durant has Yusuf Mm -hmm. Nurkic behind him. No disrespect to Yusuf Nurkic, as Richard Jefferson would say, but I think to win four playoff series, and that's the only goal for the Phoenix Suns, in a couple of those big series. They're going to need Kevin Durant to turn back the clock on defense and give them some of that supplementary rim protection, some of that gang rebounding we've seen him summon in big games in his Warriors prime and his Thunder prime and sometimes the Nets. I kind of forget that he played for the Nets. I think they're going to need a good Kevin Durant season defensively or at least a couple of good playoff series. Does he have that in him at age 35? Because I think they're really, really going to need it.
2: Hey, Zach, don't you disrespect the Nets talking about, oh, I sometimes forget that he played with the Nets. All right, everybody, I got a little something to show you. First of all, I (laughs) want you to drink this in, the three-piece and the biscuit, if you know what I'm saying. But look, we're going to talk about these two legends right now, right? These two legends, we have to appreciate them. Look, this generation is getting older. Steph. You got you got Westbrook. These guys are getting older. James Hart, Kevin Durant is 35. LeBron James is 38. We don't have very much more of these guys and they're in the exact same conference. So they are battled. They are battle tested and they are ready to match up. But look at this, look at this. They have three years. LeBron James has two more years. What is the window for the Phoenix Suns? Everybody's like, oh, this is their year. This is their year. I don't think it's their year. And let me give you some history and give you some context as to why. I think they're going to be a good team. But I want to show you some other teams in year two what happened. Cavaliers 14-15. LeBron James goes back to Cleveland. They lose to the Golden State Warriors. Next year, you know what happened. Year two, they are champ. Go back to the uh, 2010-2011 heat. They go to the finals, second year they're the champ. Let's go back even further, the 07-08 Lakers. They play against, they get Pau Gasol, they lose to the Boston Celtics in the finals, shout out our guy Perk, but the next year, what do they do? Perk gets hurt, I know that, Torres ACL in Game 7, but the Lakers win. So if you look at the 4 Heat, same thing. What I'm trying to express to you is here. When you have a great team like this, it can take two years, and they have that window. Five years for Booker, four years for Brandon. Bradley Beal and three years for Kevin Durant. We have enough time where history has shown us that great teams can take a full year to meld and they're much better in their second year. We could have kept going down that list of great teams that got together and it was the second year. And for anybody, uh, Schwartzie try to say, oh, well, no, no, this is technically the second year for Kevin Durant. I'm like, no, 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 Bradley Beal just got here this summer. So this will be their second year. So I think that the Suns can do special things. I think that they can go to the finals. But I think their best team will not be this season. It will be next season.
6: So he may be the MVP in Kendrick Perkins' eyes, but this is not necessarily the team to beat yet. Not yet in the Western Conference for RJ. All right, still to come on NBA Today. Speaking of the reigning champs, did you see what Nikola Jokic did last night? Don't worry, if you missed it against the Clippers, we are going to show you. But are they the Clippers, going to repeat
2: but it's the Clippers.
6: as champions? Hey, they're going to have to get through the Clippers. Speaking of champions, Becky Hammond back to back champ. She joins the show live. She tells us where Asia Wilson stacks up against the all-time greats and Zion Williamson he got a call from his teammates find out what they implored him to do that has him playing like that here from Zion coming up.
2: Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
3: What a setup
5: by Chris Webber. Oh, brother. Here's a steal. well down to a wide-open Webber.
6: Those highlights were different. We're four days away from the start of the NBA season, so we're going to squeeze in a few more preseason highlights. Let's go coast to coast. So we're going to start with Nikola Jokic. <sighs> Midseason form, putting up 25 points, 14 rebounds, eight assists in 28 minutes. Zach, is there anything that the Nuggets can do to improve, or should we just hand them the trophy now?
5: hand him the trophy no way the field is pretty strong they've got to bring it four playoff series in a row they need to show their depth after losing bruce brown come on now malika
6: all right i'll wait i'll wait especially because jalen brown and the celtics they want to be in this discussion jalen brown went for 20 as well as five Celtics starters scoring in double figures in under 25 minutes this is in boston's win over charlotte perk who is boston's second best player after tatum
1: <laughs> Jalen Brown. <laughs> and I would say that they won a and 1B, but you know what? I got to put Drew Holiday in that conversation as well as number two. So Jay Brown is 1B, Tatum 1A.
6: I love it. Strength in numbers. All right, another full night of highlights for the 2022 number two overall pick, Chet Holmgren, on his way to 10 points in 14 minutes. Richard, will Chet have a bigger impact on offense or defense this
2: season? It's going to be equal. I'm going to say offensively because right. I think he has a chance to average somewhere between 15, 18, 19 points on the low end. Mm-hmm. On the low end, I think that's what he's going to average. So defensively, everything after that is just a bonus. On
6: well, then Anthony Edwards. my! It, Lord, he turned oh. out his tongue on his way to scoring 19 oh. points in 20 minutes, my friends. The Timberwolves, they finished off a perfect 5 and 0 preseason. We just need to see that a couple more times. That was insane. There are high expectations, right, for Anthony Edwards. He's entering his third season. He led Team USA in scoring at the World Cup. He's one player that certainly has a high ceiling. He could really see, I think, a shift in the balance of the West if he plays up to his expectations. So, Zach, give me a player that if they play up to their potential, as we say hello to Mark Spears as well, pardon me, that is going to shift sort of the status in the Western Conference, the power dynamic.
5: How about we go right down the Timberwolves' roster And look at Carl Anthony Towns. Mm. This is a huge year for Carl Towns and the Timberwolves. I'm very high on them. I think they should be a stone-cold lock for a top six seed in the West. But look, the entire construction of this team is on the line this season. Once they extend Jaden McDaniels or re-sign him, they're going to be so expensive as to almost be impossible to keep together unless they are winning big, big, big. Carl Towns just hasn't played well enough in the playoffs. The fit with Gobert did not work last season, but they didn't have a lot of time between injuries and illnesses to Carl and stuff in training camp. This is a big year. He's got a lot of talent. He's talked a lot off the floor and yeah. on podcasts about how good he is, the best shooting big man of all time, and this and that. That's all cool. This is a big season. Let's put it all together because if he does that and Ant makes the leap we're all expecting, this is a dangerous, dangerous team.
6: Not to mention the flip side of that coin, right, becomes okay if they don't. Are the Timberwolves looking to make some sort of shakeup to their core next offseason? Mark Spears, the Hall of Famer, who are you looking at here?
7: Let's go to the 504, the big easy, Zion Williamson. I love it. The big if. When will he be healthy? When will the Pelicans be healthy? Well, Zion said his body feels great. It hasn't felt this good until before he got hurt last time. He also said, fully healthy, they got a chance to make a run. I also talked to Larry Nance Jr., and he said, if the ifs are health, this is only because we know healthy, they could be, They feel like they could be anybody. He said they've proven that if they're healthy, they could be atop the West, and they did that even without Brandon Ingram. He even went as far to say... If they are healthy, there's no one that could beat them in back-to-backs. There's no one that could beat them at home, away. They feel like they could beat anybody on any given night. But health is the big issue. And oh, we at the, the, the beginning of the season this. now, they got like three starters, one starter out. They got three reserves <laughs> out. So health is already an issue again for the Pelicans. So. It continues to be their Achilles' heel.
6: Right, and and health isn't the only issue necessarily for the Pelicans. Take a listen to what Zion Williamson had to say about effort that he's giving.
7: My teammates called me up. They felt like I wasn't going as hard, so I told them I'd be there for. I wanted to come out and check the tone.
6: So Zion Williamson just said that his teammates called him to say that they didn't feel like he was putting in enough effort. That's a, that's a pretty stunning thing to say, Richard.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, and this is also why you have veterans. I don't know if it was C.J. McCollum, but it sounds like something that C.J. would do, uh, you know, when <clears throat> when you have a veteran in that locker room. So for me, it's, it says that Zion's not ready. The fact that Zion... Has to be told. This means that he's not quite ready to be that leader. And if he's not ready, that limits the ceiling. If your teammates, he's like you're supposed to have those guys that can come and say, "Hey." I need everybody else to show up. Zion is being called out by his teammates, and I want to compliment his teammates because it can't always be the front office. It can't be the coaches. It's the teammates that are saying, bro, I'm wasting my career if you don't stay healthy, if you don't keep your weight, weight down. All of a sudden, the work that I am doing gets muted. All of a sudden, I don't get an opportunity for the contract because we're not making the postseason instead of going to the second round. So for me, this says that Zion, while he is getting closer, he is still not not ready to be a leader and I'm glad that they have veterans in the locker room they're gonna call him out and he's listening that is a good sign but to me this right here tells me that they're not ready that they have to hold one of the best players in the NBA accountable.
0: Hmm.
1: Y'all yeah, remember my big list the big list of big ifs. players that had the most approved yes. and it was Zion mm-hmm. one. number one mm-hmm. and I said that and I said that he had to prove it to himself and this is why. That's number one. Number two, I played with Shaq. I played with KG, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, Gary Payton, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. That's eight Hall of Future Hall of Famers and Hall of Famers, okay? And not once did I ever have to pick up the phone. Or mm-hmm. nobody had to pick up the phone and tell them that they needed to bring more effort and go harder. And then if you want to make an excuse to say, well, he's young, he's still learning. I also went to a young Oklahoma City Thunder team with Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook, and a Serge Ibaka, and nobody had to pick up the phone and tell them that they had to go harder. We actually had to pick up the phone and tell them to take some days off. Mm. And this is the difference right here of what's going to make or break Zion Williams.
6: But if Zion is healthy, as you we talked about this earlier, Richard, he is the variable mm. that does have the power to shift the Pelicans from a mm-hmm. play-in spot, from an eighth seed, all the way up to those top couple of seeds in the West.
2: There is not one player, in my opinion, in the NBA that if they are 100% healthy and they are the best version of themselves, that there is – the biggest gap. If Zion is healthy, they have the potential to be a top three team. If Zion is not healthy, they are at the bottom, in my opinion. They're they are a lottery pick team. And they have talent there, but Zion is the difference maker. So for me, considering his inconsistency and considering that what's on the line right now, there is no player with a bigger kind of target on his back at what he can do than Zion Williamson.
6: This seems like the perfect place to put a pin in that discussion because the only way we will find out more is through games being played and Zion on staying healthy Mark Spears thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us here on NBA today coming up on our show speaking of Mark he's all over the place he also broke the news of Andre Iguodala's retirement so we're doing a little counting down a special top of the top celebrating the four-time champion Andre Iguodala welcome
1: back to NBA
2: Today
6: Our next guest, legend has it, she is still dancing to Tootsie Roll. Welcome back to the show, the back-to-back champion, the head coach of the Las Vegas Aces, Becky Hammond. Becky, congratulations and thank you so much for stopping by. Thanks for having me. When did you stop dancing? It was like two minutes before the camera came on, right?
4: probably shortly right after they rolled that clip, my knees were done, I hear you, we'll get you, we'll get you They play my generation song though, I'm gonna get
6: after it. Yeah, there you go, all right (laughs) Becky, let's start with the finals MVP, Asia Wilson. She's already a two-time league MVP, she's a finals MVP, she's a two-time defensive player of the year and the thing is, she's only 27 years old. You've been around greatness your entire
4: career, where do you put her in this conversation already? I mean, already uh, she's a goat. Um, I think she has the ability to become the goat of goats, per se. Mm. Uh, I really think she's just scratching the surface. I told her that. Um, She's just special. And she has the things that, okay, you're physically gifted and talented. You have the work ethic. Um, You have the mind. Um, She has it all. She's really just, like I said, scratching the surface. Um, But the person that she is... Uh, is a separation factor um, in, in how she treats her teammates and how she cares for people around her. Um, just a really special human being. The goat of goats. I love that. I, I got to say, one thing that I couldn't help but,
6: but smile when I saw Becky was Chelsea Gray like hobbling out to the middle of the court on crutches to celebrate with her teammates. She was listed as out with a foot injury. Now that the series is over, are you able to give us a little bit more details on, on what was going on with her, what her summer of recovery looks like? Because I know you guys are already thinking about the 3
4: Yeah, I mean, um, we're going to get her the necessary uh, help that she needs to get better. Um, She'll be here in Vegas rehabbing and doing all the things that she needs to do to get better. But I was afraid she hurt her foot more with how fast she tried to get out on that floor. (laughs) Like, she could not shuffle out there fast enough. Um, But she's always in good spirits. Um, I know she wasn't on the court with us, but she was every bit with us the entire time, sitting there coaching. Um, She called the play, actually, on the inbounds um, play. We called Timmy Mm. uh, because – use it for tim duncan in uh, san antonio oh wow and uh asia got a bucket but that was her call and if you see one of those inbounds i pointed back at her
6: um, because that was her call. I love it. I'm absolutely going to go back. We're going to find that video. <laughs> Becky, every time you win, and you're racking them up at this point, you're going to get asked about the MB- NBA teams that passed you over. And now I'm just the latest person in the long line of people that's asked you about that, right? When when people talk about championships, all that stuff, what do you think about when you think of the people who said, no, no, thank you?
4: I mean, I- I'm right where I'm supposed to be yeah. right now, Malika. And... Um, you know we all have a different journey um my journey was not supposed to happen in portland at that time or or anywhere else I, i'm um my journey, i always appreciate the hard times in my journey and though uh no is obviously always hard to hear um it doesn't mean you know we have a saying that um, you know delayed doesn't mean denied and so you know i just go to where the opportunity presents itself I am thrilled, honored, blessed to be uh, leading these women, and um, we're gonna celebrate, I think, pretty much all weekend. I think I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I might be meeting up with them later. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. see. <laughs> we'll, send, we'll send some Angeles because I have a feeling that, that, that you're gonna be
6: celebrating all weekend is absolutely right. All right, let's end here, Becky. I don't wanna take up too much of your time. Greg Popovich said that he needed to end his press conference early to get on the phone with you to talk to you because you're the
4: back-to-back champion. What did that conversation include? Oh man, I actually just called him this morning. I had so many texts and messages. Um he left me for him to leave me more than a 30 second voicemail, that's like an <laughs> eternity for him. But he was so excited for me and, and the group. And um yeah, I got off the phone with him and he was just saying, you know, what did, he was just elated. I I mean, he, he was effusive and uh obviously um you know I'm always watching the Spurs. Um and and Seeing what they're going to do this year, but he was just over the moon. I mean, he was like, I don't, I don't. you'll have to ask him, but he was, he was him. Yeah. What else can I say? He was,
6: <laughs> he was him. He was elated, and we are elated for you. And now, the quest after this weekend, the quest for the three-peat, it continues. Becky Hammond, congratulations. We can't wait to have you back in our studio here on MBA Today. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, let's go from one champion to another. Congratulations to Becky Hammond and the Aces. We're going to shift to some news out of the NBA. Andre Iguodala, a four-time champion, Richard Jefferson, who got his coffee with the Golden State Warriors in the 2015 Finals MVP. He announced his retirement after 19 years in the NBA. So, Richard, you suggested this. We are doing a Top of the Top just for Andre Iguodala to remind the
2: people. Oh, we got to remind the people. I know you guys, look at this. Andre Iguodala is one of the most athletic wings to ever play the game. He was like a little brother to me. I watched him at Arizona. I used to take him out to the clubs back in New York days when they were still in college. But this man was one of the most athletic. Look at this. Ooh, the finish! That, that's what I'm trying to tell you. What this man was able to do was special. I know you guys saw the basketball the way, IQ. The defense. The dunk contest. Oh, he got robbed in the dunk contest. <laughs> Arizona guys get robbed in the dunk contest. Shout out Aaron Gordon, another one of our Bear Down brothers. Let's do a little top clutch Woo! shots here. Time and score,
6: Richard Jefferson.
2: Look, as we know, if there is one second on the shot clock and the world is at risk, who do you want? Andre. Andre Iguodala. That's who you want. You call Iggy because Iggy's there not when you need him. He's there when you want him. He is on that wall and you need him on that wall and he hit so many big shots. That's why he has a finals MVP. Is he a Hall of Famer? Yes, he's a Hall of Famer. Damn right he's a Hall of Famer. All, then, all those accolades he had. Look, not many guys can hold LeBron to 38-19-7. and 7. Of course he's a Hall of Famer. This steal was crazy. And then to do that pass after oh, it? So the athleticism was always just a bonus. His defense, his tenacity, his intenseness, his That's hand. That's Damian Guy Lillard. He's, he's one of the greatest defenders on the perimeter that we have seen. He was just one of the complete players in NBA history. Congratulations on Absolutely. 18 years.
6: Congratulations on a fantastic career, a Hall of Fame career, Andre Iguodala. Coming up next on NBA Today, it's the perfect game for Friday. I'm not sure Zach Lowe is going to guess which coach said that his young star can be one of the best to ever play the game. Play along with us. That's next.
1: You're watching NBA Today.
6: Friday, let's have some fun. It's our new game. Who said that? We're going to take a look at some quotes that caught our attention and ask our esteemed contestants in Richard Jefferson, who do you think made that statement? Sound good?
2: I like the music. I need a little mic.
6: All right, our first quote, ladies and gentlemen, to Kendrick Perkins. who (laughs) Who said this, Mr. Perkins? You can't guard all of us at once. Was it Kevin Durant? Was it Damian Lillard? Or was it Jamal Murray?
1: It was K.D. It was e. Kevin KD Durant.
6: Is that correct? Yeah. It was Kevin Durant. Ding, 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 ding. Well ah. done. Let's hear it.
1: I'll be right a lot. Guard all of us at once.
6: You said I'll be right a lot?
1: No. Yeah, I'll be right a lot. Oh, Oh. okay. Well, ding, I, ding,
6: I think ding. that this is a correct, <laughs> correct statement from Kevin Durant. You cannot be all over the floor trying to guard, although... That's
2: a, a little. Kevin Durant knows something about this because he's played with two other shooters that are on the same level as Bradley Beal and yeah. Devin Booker. So he knows what this is going to look like. He
6: knows what he's talking about. All right. How about this? The next one. <clears throat> Which coach said this about their lineup? Quote, they're not our starters. They're our first five guys who are starting the game. Zach Lowe. Who said that? Was it Joe Mazzula, Steve Kerr, or Greg Popovich?
2: I like my game show. I right, know you're doing a great working on on it.
5: Tough. Tough. I'm gonna go Joe Missoula because of the whole Drew Holiday coming off the bench game. Joe Missoula.
6: What's it? Joe Missoula Producers.
5: Well, you play your starters tonight. Like they're not our starters. They're our the first five guys that are starting the game.
6: Well done, Zach Lowe. Oh, come on. Two uh, for two. That means the bar has been set high for Richard Jefferson. We're the be. Celtics' best starting five here. Boo,
3: RJ. Boo. <laughs> Zach's too busy
2: booing you. Yeah, no, <laughs> who, who, who's the, the, right who's the best starting five, Zach? Who's the something? best starting five?
4: Oh, he's who's just, the what? Who's Best starting <laughs> five, just, Denver?
6: <laughs> never mind. Zach's just reveling right, in his own question. correctness. All right. Richard Jefferson, the pressure is on. Which coach said on the ball he can be one of the best to ever play the game? Not just here in this city, but ever to play the game. Was it Chris Finch saying it about Anthony Edwards? Was it Mike Brown saying it about De'Aaron Fox? Or was it Sean Zabella saying it about Scoot Henderson?
2: Oh, man, it's a tough one. (laughs) Uh,
6: (laughs) I really, I really don't know this
2: one. it's either Family Chris huge. Finch or Mike Brown. This is not
6: multiple choice. Which yes, it is. is it? it is multiple choice. It's There's not, three choices. It's, it's not. You don't There's get three multiple choices. choices. There's no all of the above. Uh, Five, geez. four, three, two. Chris Finch. It was Chris Finch. Yeah, is I was Chris, Chris Finch.
2: Finch. Was it Chris Finch? On the ball, he can be ah. one of the best to ever play the game. Not just here in Sacramento to ever play the game. That's how skilled he is. I thought he's. <sighs> it's OK. No, that's this, you know Anthony Edwards. I feel like Chris Finch, Zach Hush. You get the easiest one of all time. And Perk, we give him a layup after monotonus. So you know,
6: we're gonna have to give Richard an Excuses. easy one next is time. Is Perk Excuses. asleep? Is Perk even here? Is Perk asleep? Uh, Perk was just so disappointed in his an- in your answer that he needed to just close his eyes briefly and asleep. momentarily. Is Perk asleep on
3: television? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I'm sweating. I'm
6: sweating. I'm sweating. And on that note, <laughs> hi Perk, this I'm is me. all just a distraction I'm from how wrong <laughs> Richard was. Coming up on NBA today, Victor Wembanyama. he reacts to the most memorable moments I'm of his preseason so far. What was he thinking when he nutmegged Reggie Bullock? Uh, Wemby is going to tell us exclusively I'm in 60 seconds. I'm sex.
3: sweating. I can oh, see that. Somebody help me. No. Nope. With the first pick
5: in the 2023 NBA Draft, the San Antonio Spurs select Victor Wembanyama. The future is here. Here comes Victor
2: Wembanyama. We've never seen anything like him. He really has it all.
6: He heads to San Antonio, following in the footsteps of fellow number one picks, Tim Duncan, David Robinson. I'm,
3: I'm going to try and learn as quick as possible because I want to win that ring. Take COVID.
6: So, Richard, guess who I interviewed (laughs) yesterday?
2: This is not photoshopped. This is one of the funniest photos. This looks like a commercial. It's not Boban and it's not Rudy Gobert. It's someone taller than both of them.
6: Well, I will say, hint, hint, it was Victor Wimbanyama, and he's one of the most impressive interviews. Continuously impresses me every time we have a conversation. The Spurs, they close the preseason slate tonight. They visit the Warriors. I sat down or because I couldn't stand up, with the top overall pick to discuss Victor's impressions of playing in the NBA, what he has in store for us this season and beyond. Take a listen.
1: Spurs Wallace into a turnover
6: and... Oh, Goodness! Can we talk a little bit about some of the plays that you've had so far in preseason? Do you have a favorite moment so far?
3: So far? I don't know, I don't know. For sure my first... Uh, my first... Points. my first baskets in OKC, of course, are pretty important to me. But no, I think it's just a lot of ex- experimenting and uh, just uh, a lot of learning about each other on the court. Did
6: you happen to see Thomas Bryant's face after you dunked on <laughs> him?
3: Yeah, that was funny. If I'm not mistaken, did Yama just nutmeg? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Let's go back to that nutmeg. Were
6: you aiming for that?
3: Oh yeah, of course. I've actually been um, visualizing, visualizing this move for the last weeks. It's surprising to the defender because it rarely happens, but it's also effective because it, it allows you to just go over a defender. When I saw it. It was exactly how I visualized it, visualized it. And it's like, yes, this is the good move to do. I want to go over the defender. is the best option, so let's do it.
6: You said that you <laughs> couldn't sleep, really, the night before your pre- first preseason game. How do you imagine you're going to feel the night before a game that actually matters?
3: A lot of excitement, but also a lot of responsibility, you know, in the first regular season game, because we, uh, we got expectations for, for, for us as a team, my teammates, um, for my coach, you know. So it's it's really, it's my job, but it's really, really exciting and I love it.
6: That is just a snippet of my conversation with Victor. You can catch the full one on NBA Today and NBA Countdown this upcoming Wednesday ahead of Victor's regular season debut against the Mavericks on ESPN. You're not going to want to miss what he said about facing off against Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic. But Victor said that he's been visualizing, Zach, that nutmeg. He has been sitting and thinking about it, and then he finally executed it on the court, and he has more of those types of moves planned for his rookie season. He has sky-high expectations. He's as down-to-earth as it gets. What's the one thing, Zach, that you want to see next from Victor Wembanyama?
5: I, I just can't wait to see him play. I think he's going to be one of the 12 to 15 best defensive players in the league from game one, and the offense looks ahead of schedule in preseason. I'm a little scared. Malik, I'm a little scared, honestly.
6: A little scared? Perk, are you?
1: No, not at all. I'm scared that Richard calling that game that night.
2: <laughs> we should no. all be afraid of that. No, I'm gonna be really honest. I I am on my best behavior in here. We can do that out there when I call in a game. It's about it's the okay. game. Okay, so Tim Hortons not watching. No, he's, no, he's always, watching. <laughs> always watching. Tim, I listen to you, boss.
6: Thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. Enjoy your weekend. The last of preseason, and we will see you on Monday. Get it.